morning, everybody. So good to be here with you this morning. I'm excited to share the Word of God with you. Um, yes, I'm uh, Pastor Brent's sister, older sister, and uh, I've been here many times. Obviously, he said my husband and I worked here for 16 and a half years, and my husband is here with me today. This is the first time that we have been able to, or that he's been able to join me, and um, we pastor True North Church in Milton, and we have been married this September 30 years, and uh, this past June we've been in the ministry 30 years, so we've been doing it all together, and we are uh, love love doing life together and are excited to be here this morning to share the word of God with you. I'm just glad to be around people. <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's just it's just nice to be around people and uh, thank God for that and thank God for that we can do that. I'm also glad that I get to be here with my parents, my mom and dad. They, uh, I don't even know how long they've been in the ministry. What What is it? 60, 70, 80, what is it? <laughs> 60. 60 years, and uh, we are grateful. My brother and I, my, uh, my husband and Nicole, we're all grateful that they have been a wonderful example to us of love and marriage and being faithful to God and the ministry. So grateful for that heritage. Yes, amen. So, my brother shared a little bit about me, just a little, but one thing about me is that I actually cry really easily. I don't know if you're like me, I'm one of those sympathetic criers, like if uh, we're in a situation and someone's talking and they start to tear up, ladies, I don't know if there's anybody else like like me, and someone starts talking, and, and they start tearing up. I start tearing up, and, and I'm feeling what they're feeling. Um, I'm also one of those people that when you're, you know, my husband and I are watching a movie, and, and someone is, is maybe telling their story or something, and I feel everything that they're feeling, and I'm crying, and you know, and I'm taking my shirt, and I'm wiping my eyes, and my husband looks over me and says, why are you crying? Um, I can cry at weddings. I can go on YouTube and start watching weddings of people I don't even know. And I start crying. So I'm just, I'm one of those sympathetic criers. But some years ago, now, probably four or five years ago, I, I walked through a dream crushing season. And, um, I found myself in that dream-crushing season just weeping a lot. I had a dream about something for a very long time, and it was ending. It was coming to an end. I was moving into a new area that was unknown to me. You know, when something's unknown, it can be very uncomfortable. Um, I didn't want to be in this new area of life, but it was out of my control. And it was also necessary at the same time. So I found myself crying, heaving, sobs occasionally, and just 
crying about this season, if someone would talk to me about a, this certain season or something, and you know, I would just begin to tear up. The waterworks would begin. And I'm going to call this season a wilderness season. Um, throughout the Bible, there is <coughs> uh, wilderness seasons, and we see them throughout the Word of God. And, and generally, they're a time of testing, uh, trying, and training. And they're often marked as periods of isolation, loneliness, sorrow, and waiting. Now, if you, if you just stop for a minute and you just think about when I said the word wilderness, what thoughts came up in your mind when, when someone just says wilderness? You can think of barrenness, dryness, uncertainty. And often a wilderness season in our life is a season that's out of our control. We can't, we can't stop it. kind of feels like the last year and a half a little bit. It's something we couldn't stop. It's out of our control, this wilderness season, and it's uncomfortable. And for sure, it's not a destiny that we want to travel to on purpose or choose on purpose. You know, for instance, none of you parents are going to say to your kids, you know, for vacation this year, we're going to the wilderness. It's just basically the opposite of Disney World kids. We're going to the wilderness this year. We wouldn't say that to our kids. We wouldn't want it for them. But this past year and a half has kind of been a type of wilderness. We didn't choose it. We didn't plan for it. And oftentimes it didn't seem like it was even coming to an end. And we've all, every single person, has, has a wilderness tale. Either if it's been this last year and a half or either other times in your life. You maybe broke up a marriage. There's a miscarriage. A personal failure. An illness. A financial crisis. You might even say, I just, I am in the wilderness season right now. I just feel like I'm in the wilderness now. And there's not one person under the sound of my voice that's immune to a wilderness season. So today, I want to talk about turning your wilderness into worship. And we could not have sung better songs this morning. They were wonderful. But turning this wilderness season into worship. We are all worshipers. We were created to worship. It's not a matter of if you worship. You do worship. The question is, who do you worship? Or what do you worship? And I had to ask myself when I was going through this wilderness season, I had to ask myself some questions. Do I worship that dream that was lost? Do I worship that season that was comfortable? Do I worship that life that I knew really well but now had changed? We're all worshipers. We're all worshiping something. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves 
hard questions. So right now, wherever you are in your journey of life, there's actually a war going on for your worship, for your dedication, for your praise. And, you know, during the wilderness season, I learned really quickly that worship is a choice of my will. Worship, to worship God and to give Him glory in the midst of heartache, in the midst of pain, in the midst of something that was lost, was really a sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13, verse 15 says, So let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise through him, which the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name, confessing his name. So this says, let's continually offer up, continually. You know, when when we are worshiping God and when we choose to worship him all day long, continually, a lot of times it's a sacrifice of praise. We don't feel necessarily like to worship. Now, when we gathered here this morning and we have all the instruments and all the amazing singers and, I mean, you feel like worshiping. But when you're maybe at home and you got stuff going on, you maybe don't feel like worshiping. So we are to continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. So whether you sing it verbally or whether you declare or you quote some psalms, you sing a scripture, we're continually to give him praise. You know, the enemy hates it. He hates for us to worship God and choose praise in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our wilderness time. He hates it because he knows it gives us power. He knows it gets our eyes on the Lord. You know, when we, in the midst of our pain, when we declare who God is and his goodness and his mercy and we sing to him, we're singing uh, out in faith. We're declaring out in faith who God is despite what's going on in in our life, in this city, in the nation, across the globe, we're worshiping him. What's one thing he's shut down more than anything? You know, we when we've been watching church online, I don't know about you, but it's so easy to just sit there, sit there and watch them worship and praise. It's so different being in the room. But when we're watching, I'm sure a lot of people will say, I just spectated. I was just a spectator in that moment. So we're to sing out and praise God and believe that God's going to bring us through whatever it is that we're facing. John 14, verse 23 says, but the hour is coming and now is here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking. The Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those that worship him 
must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is seeking. It said that word seeking is to go in search of or quest of. So it's, it's kind of like we have to say, yes, Lord, you're seeking and I will be a worshiper. I will bring the sacrifice of praise. I will be a worshiper. We, we, it's like we have to on purpose choose to be a worshiper. We on purpose have to choose it. You know, sometimes, you know, we think the worshipers are the people with the great voice. And God doesn't want to hear my voice. You can think, you know, God, I've tried to sing. He does not want to hear my voice. Yes, he does. You know, out of the out of our heart we give praise, and out of our heart we give worship. He's not so much looking at the great voice. He's looking at what's coming out of your heart. So God is actually on a quest. God's looking, he's seeking for worshipers. You know, when he is seeking for something in his people, it's important. It's important that we do it. Praise is to raise, it's to boast, it's to shine, it's to be foolish. The word praise means to express something in adoration for someone or something with music, song, with instruments, in a joyful manner. I may not have... I may not have music, I may not have instruments, um, but I can bring to God worship in a joyful manner. I can choose to do it even in the midst of the wilderness. Even in my season, I remember, you know, I'm talking about my wilderness season, and I remember just going through this time and tears were, I was going into a building and, um, you know, the sidewalk has little sections and I'm singing as I'm going into this building and tears were streaming down my face. I'm singing, the joy of the Lord is my strength and tears are coming down. Did I feel like doing that? Did I feel like worshiping and praising? No. I was giving him the sacrifice of praise. The fruit of my lips were giving thanks to his name. Why? Because I know he's got the way out. I know he's got the answer. I don't got it at that moment. I wasn't feeling like anything was working at that moment. But he knew the way out. He knew the answer. I knew that the joy of the Lord is my strength. I knew that the Bible said that. I knew that I had to tap into that joy. That was going to give me strength to keep going because in your wilderness, when you are isolated and you are alone, you don't feel like anything has the answer. You don't feel like there's any hope. You don't feel like, you know, God, can you even hear me? I'm talking to you about this, and it's lasting too long. I need you, God, and I, I'm not hearing anything. I'm not seeing anything. I don't know, Lord. But I knew, thank God for the word, I knew that he had the answer. I knew. 
that he wanted to help me get through this wilderness, that I was not alone, that he has not going to ever leave me or forsake me. He is never going to leave you or forsake you. And that what you don't know about, he knows about. And he wants to reveal it. He wants to show you. He wants to guide you. No matter what you've been facing, no matter what you've been going through, God has got an answer and God wants to show you. You know, when we praise God, we... We get ushered into his presence. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So when we worship, we usher ourselves into his presence. And when we and what he does in that time is he ministers to our soul. My soul that was weeping during that wilderness time. He's ministering to my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. He is ministering to me love and grace. And and also, it's like it's faith. It's faith to worship him in a moment when you don't feel like it. And so I'm declaring by faith and what I, when you walk by faith, And not by sight, when you do what the Word of God says, God is moving. Like that song, even when you don't see it, He's working. Even when you don't feel it, He's working. He is working. I didn't feel Him at all. It's like you, it's like your prayers are going this high. It's like, Lord, are my prayers reaching you? And we've all been in that kind of a season. We've all been there. Or maybe you're there now, but God is working. One thing worship does, it's like a placeholder. In between your prayer and your answer, worship helps keep you in that place of trusting Him, of looking to Him. I know that my perspective in that wilderness season was so skewed. It was so off. I kept thinking, he, you know, Lord, you're like kind of battling with Him. Lord, are you there? Lord, can you hear me? Even though you know, according to His Word, that He hasn't left you, that He hears you when you pray according to His will. It's just I didn't feel it at that moment. So my perspective was skewed. But through worship, through praise, he helps get our perspective back. Worshiping reminds us of God's perspective. It reminds us of of who God is and what God can do. No matter what's, what's going on inside of me, it helps me get my perspective back. Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, people, this is the message version. It says, people with their minds set on you, you keep them completely whole. In the middle of the wilderness, when things aren't looking right, when everything seems to be going wrong, and when one thing seems to pile on top of another thing, bad things seems to 
pile upon another bad thing. It says, people, with their minds set on you, you keep them completely whole, steady on their feet, because they keep at it and don't quit. That's one thing I was like, I am not quitting. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care that the tears are pouring out of my face. I'm not quitting. And that has to be what we choose, that there is hope, and I am not quitting. I will not give up. I will not draw back. Did I feel like it? Sometimes I did feel like quitting. But it's a choice to worship. It's a choice. There's always going to be things that lure our thought and our mind, but worship helps bring it back in line. It helps hold you in that place of faith. You know, if you're feeling like you're getting wobbly in your faith, you begin to worship God, and He helps He helps hold you in that place of faith. You know, you probably have more faith than yet you know you have. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God, and so faith is there. One of the ways to release your faith is to worship in the midst of a test, trial, wilderness, when things in a, in a certain situation in your life are not going the right way. Worship the Lord. It will release your faith. Worship is also the language of faith. You know, with faith, there's always going to be a sense of gratitude and always going to be a sense of worship. And so we have to choose to do it. Faith rejoices, doubt despairs. I was definitely, during that season, moments of despair. And I had to flip it. I had to turn it around. And I did not feel like doing it. You know, you might think nobody can match what's going on. Sherry, I can, you know, my, my story can top your story, you might feel like. But the Apostle Paul is, is somebody who we see in the Word of God. You know, he dealt with some stuff. It says that in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequently, face death often. From the Jews, five times I received... Forty stripes. Three times I was beaten with rod. Once I was stoned, and three times I was shipwrecked. But we see, actually, in a, a story we actually mentioned it in one of our worship times here this morning. But we can see through the epistles that Paul not only prayed about certain situations, but he prays. He worshiped the Lord. And this story, I'm sure everybody who knows it in Acts 16, we see Paul and Silas given the sacrifice of praise. Their worship is like a, a placeholder of their faith that they were believing that God was going to see them through. God was going to bring them to the other side. We also see the power of God released in praise and worship. Um, I'm just going to go. You guys don't have this. Um, 
But I just want to give you, we all know the story in, in Acts 16 where Paul and Silas, but I'm just going to read you a little bit of what before. In Acts 16, before the main part of this story, um, it says Paul and Silas, they were on their way to pray. So they're just going on their way to pray. A prayer meeting, let's just say. And a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain with soothsaying. So basically, this woman was like a fortune teller, and her she was selling that, and a guy was making money off of her. So this, this woman, the same, followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God which shows unto us the way of salvation. And verse 18, and this they did so and this she did so many days. So she was walking following this for many days saying this. But Paul was grieved and turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. So she was set free from an evil spirit. And then in verse 19 it says, And when her master saw the hope of their gains was gone, and they caught Paul and Silas, they drew them into the marketplace. So basically, this guy got ticked. He wasn't able to make money off this woman anymore. And Paul and Silas are just on their way to prayer. And then they get brought before a group of people. And he starts complaining about them. And so this crowd, this multitude, rises up against them. It's not always good to follow the crowd. Sometimes the crowd is stupid. And so then in verse 22, it says, The, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped, beaten with rods, and after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into the prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when they received these orders, they put them in the inner cell, fastened their feet in the stocks. And in verse 25, it says, At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. And singing hymns to God. They were worshiping God. And the other prisoners heard them. So now listen. When you've been beaten, stripped, you're just on your way to prayer. The whole crowd of people are against you. And they gather you up and you've just, you know, you're sore, you're hurting. And you're like, I mean, this is not a fun situation. But at midnight, at their darkest hour, it says that they brought what they're doing here because they sure, I'm sure, didn't feel like worshiping. So they brought the sacrifice of praise. They knew there was power in praise. They didn't feel like it, I'm sure. doesn't say, but I can kind of guess and we can kind of guess. Verse 26, and suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and at all, 
At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the jailer woke up, and when he saw that the, the prison doors were flew open, basically, you know, he got worried and was about to kill himself because he didn't want to get in trouble. And uh, Peter and Peter and Silas stopped him, and he and his family end up getting saved. Praise God. So now, during worship times, you and I don't see that kind of a miracle all the time where the whole building is being shaken. But don't kid yourself. Every time you worship, every time you bring the sacrifice of praise, things are falling off you. Praise God. Doubt is falling off you. Weights are falling off you. Hindrances are falling off you. Praise God. And your vision, your perspective is getting clearer because it becomes God's perspective. It becomes what God sees. So don't kid yourself. That's a miracle. Chains falling off our lives. And you can expect it. You can believe for it. You can worship him and believe that God's working in your life. You know, uh, in these days, we're, we're all searching for to hear from God. We're needing his direction. We're needing his guidance. We need him to speak to us. And you know, in in Acts, in Acts 13, verse 2, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. So when we spend times worshiping and praising, the Holy Spirit wants to speak. The Holy Spirit wants to say in our lives, wants to speak to us, speak to our hearts, and it will always be in line with the Word of God. But as we worship and as we praise, as we tap our heart into the source, it says that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. He wants to say things to us. Amen? So Paul and Silas, I'm sure that they didn't want to be where they were. I'm sure they felt discouraged. I'm sure they, they might have had thoughts of quitting. Well, I'm on my way to prayer, and look what happens. You know, I'm just trying to do what's right. I'm just trying to do the word, and look what happens. But at the midnight hour, at the toughest moment, they prayed and sang praises, and that's what will bring us through. So their prayer helped hold them in that place of faith as well. So, so what do we say during worship times when we don't have this wonderful band? What do we do when we're on our own in the middle of a prison, in the middle of a wilderness, when there's nobody else around? We can rehearse what God has done. Everybody can think of what God has done for you. You can just start at the very basic, the beginning. Lord, you saved me. Lord, you delivered me. Lord, you just, you brought me out of the kingdom of darkness and you put me into the kingdom of your dear son. You saved me. You set me free. 
you just start at the very basic. If you can't think of anything else, start at the basic and move up from there. You rehearse what God's done in your life. You count your blessings. Father, you could be in your home. Father, thank you for this home. It's such a blessing. Or, Lord, thank you for this church and this building. Father, thank you for my pastor. Lord, you can just start at your basic. Father, thank you for my spouse and my children. Count your blessings. Start at maybe the most basic place and allow your heart to move up from there. Allow them to kind of, you. It's like, it's like tapping into your heart and then allowing your heart to just expand and, and say more. Let it come out of your heart. Psalm 63 is a, a perfect example of this. David was in a disastrous situation that was beyond his control. His son, Prince Absalom, instigated a revolt against him. Now, I don't care who you are, but if you're a father, you're a mother, and your child has instigated a revolt against you, that's heart-wrenching. That's devastating when your children are coming against you. And he fled, David fled to the wilderness. And we see in this Psalm 63, we see David's desire to worship the Lord, even though He's been cut off, even though he's run to the actual wilderness, the desert. And he's been cut off from the sanctuary. So I'm just going to read Psalm 63, verse 1. It says, God, you are my God. I seek you. Really, it's like I choose to seek you. With all my heart. Sometimes you have to say even though you're not feeling it at that moment, you can take a psalm like this and start to say it yourself. I seek you with all my heart, with all my strength. I thirst for you. But Sherry, I don't feel that. I, I really don't feel that way, but I want to feel that way. So I start to declare what God's word says. I start to say it with my mouth. Lord, help me. With all my strength, I thirst, I thirst for you. Father, I genuinely want to thirst for you. In a dry desert where there isn't any water, I have seen you in the sacred tent, and there I have seen your power and glory. Your love is better than life, so I will bring glory to you with my lips. I will praise you as long as I live. I will call on your name when I lift my hands in prayer. I will be as satisfied as if I had eaten the best food there is. I will sing praise to you with my mouth. I will lift my hands to you no matter what it feels like, no matter what it looks like. I will worship you. So you can take a song and you can do that. You could do that every single day. And I tell you what, it will change 
what's going on in you. You know, two practical, just practical tips when you're worshiping. Engage your heart. We all know we can be lip sinkers. We all know we can be, we could be actually lifting our hands and be thinking about lunch. <laughs> we all know that we can be just spectators. But if you want to see the power, if you want to be delivered out of a situation, if you want to tap into the power source, engage your heart. And how we do that is also, it's moving our mouths. It's saying, it's singing, it's declaring, it's, it's out of our mouth, it's giving voice. We give voice to so many things. We give voice to a bad attitude. We give voice and declare things that I'm sure, I'm sure in, in every home. This past year and a half, your mouth has said many a thing about what's been going on. You've been talking about it, you've been declaring it, you've been saying it. But we have to choose. We have to choose to worship. We have to choose to say and use our mouths and engage our heart. Think. Think about what you're singing. Think about what you're worshiping helps you. If you were just to take what I, all next week, take Psalm 63 and just say that out of your mouth. Sing that all week long. I'm telling you, things would change on the inside of you as you think about it, as you say it. You know, one thing you can do is in your car is get a, get a Spotify or an iTunes list of go-to worship. That's a place where you're by yourself and just sing as loud as you can <laughs> with Hillsong or whoever. And, you know, it doesn't matter what you sound like and worship the Lord. You know, you might say, as I conclude here today, you might say, um, Sherry, you know, how did it go in that wilderness season? Um, did you finally get that dream that you had fulfilled? No, I didn't. But one thing I learned is that God was actually better than that dream. And God wants to give God gave me a new dream. And he, yes, amen. He, he cleaned off some things that, a perspective that I had that I needed to let go of. That he wanted to bring me through. And he gave me something brand new, which is a whole lot better. And I'm so grateful, but actually a lot of what I was battling through was me holding on to something that was um, no longer there, something that was no longer available, and I was just holding on to that. And it's, it's really in a time of worship, we're just kind of dying and letting go of that. Ellie, you can come on up. Is Ellen here? Um, but boy oh boy when I was going through that season I clung to uh, the word of God I clung to prayer 
speaking the word and worshiping God. I got my eyes on my Savior as much as I could. You know, did I feel like it? No, a lot of times I did not. But bringing that sacrifice of praise, God infused me with strength and power. So I want to encourage you today to turn your wilderness or your situation or the circumstance that you're facing in life. I want to encourage you to worship God and have that hold you in that place of faith. Recharge you and and release the faith that you do have. To release the power of God into that situation. You know, um, I know there are probably many people, either in this room or under the sound of my voice online, and you're currently walking through a, a difficult season, an unmet longing in your heart, a broken heart, a season of grief, or even a dry relationship with God. It's like, I just don't even know. I I can't connect. I'm not, I don't feel God anymore. I don't feel like I'm connecting with him anymore. And, you know, this past year has taken a toll on people in many ways, and they might some people might feel like they're just hanging on with the thread and they're not even sure if they have Lord I just need hope I just want to pray for you this morning and I believe that the word of God has just stirred something up in you and that you will take at least take the word and minister to the Lord and and praise and worship him throughout your week just choose to do it And you will see a turnaround in your life, in your situation. It will help you. Amen. Let's just stand. Father, I just pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord, who has been feeling lonely, who has been feeling desperate. Father, just feeling hopeless, a sense of hopelessness. Father, I just ask you to minister to them, for you are the God of all hope, that you administer hope and strength. Father, you are a very present help in time of need. So, Father, as those under the sound of my voice that are needing help in this time and this season of their life and whatever they're facing. Father, I ask you to minister to them by your spirit. I ask that you with that spirit on the inside of them would rise up and they would choose to uh, press forward and not quit, not give up, not lose hope, but know that Father, you are working in their life. You're working in their situation. You're working no matter what it looks like, Father. You are working. You have not forsaken them. You have not left them. That, Father, you are the God who answers our prayers when we pray according to your will. Father, I just ask you, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to minister life, 
hope, strength in this time, in this season. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands. We just reach out to you, Father, and worship you with all that's within us. We hunger and thirst for more of you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for ministering, ministering, Father, by your spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus.